Good evening, ladies and gents, and welcome to Snell Nation. This is going to be, this is going to be a short one. It's going to be a quickie. And it's pretty much, it's just to answer a, uh, a question that's come up uh, quite a bit over the past, well, past year. Um, but for whatever reason, every once in a while I'll get a nudge and someone will, you know, they'll just be curious. Um, or they'll be uh, very direct and blunt with their question. And their question, or the question is, you know, why did you support the last president? And then uh, there's a slight variation on that where it'll come at me as, how could you support the last president? And I usually just laugh and uh, I'll chuckle a little bit. And uh, I'll just provide my answer. It's it's pretty, uh, pretty simple. And of course, I'll have to go back in time just a little ways uh, to the, the year of our Lord, 20, 2015. Um, we had... Our, our primaries going on and you know we had all these candidates and just random people coming out of the woodwork um, but the focus uh, slowly started to shift 2015 and 2016 towards you know uh, Hillary Clinton um, and uh, Donald J Trump and I had the fortune of being able to uh, sit in on a uh, it was a bit of a just a private little speech he gave while I was at a uh, conference in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and this was in I think it was September of 2016. And I sat there and it was interesting. And uh, you could clearly see the division in the room. Um, uh, some of the people I was there with, they, they, they sat down even when he finished. Um, and they just didn't, no applause, nothing. But I listened to what he had to say. And he had some pretty great talking points, a lot of the same stuff, you know, about, you know, bringing bringing manufacturing jobs back, which, eh, you know, but it sounds nice, you know, and, and uh, just about America first, all that kind of stuff. It, it was good stuff. It's like, oh, OK, all right. You know, interesting. And, you know, and, and uh, Rudy Giuliani was was following him on his campaign and he was he was there, of course, staying off to the side uh, sidelines with a couple other people. And it was interesting. And of course, yeah, I stood up, I clapped like, hey, you know, I like, I like what he has to say. Um, but at that point, I mean, 2016, I, I didn't have much, much faith in the system after what I saw um, just during the Obama years. Um, just his uh, the fact that <laughs> uh, he could be given just so, so much praise and, you know, winning the Nobel <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize in the middle of just dropping record numbers of bombs on, on, uh, on brown individuals overseas. But, you know, that, that's, that's here nor there. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I found him interesting. And, of course, you know, we, we, we get close to November. We're talking 2016. And, you know, I was watching, you know, the media just treated him like he was a joke and like he had no chance. And, you know, Hil Hillary's got it, you know, and all the, the the magical polls that everyone loves to uh, lean on. And we saw this last year in the 2020 election, just these polls, you know, and really they, they don't really mean that much. Um, it, it's usually just a ploy to uh, shift um, just uh, enthusiasm, maybe from one candidate to, to the other. And they never really give you 
um, just the sample size for a particular poll. I should say they rarely do. Um, and usually it's like 100 people or maybe 500 people, and then they'll say, you know, 70% of the country supports Hillary Rodham Clinton for president. It's like, yeah, okay, great. So your sample size is 500, and there's going to be 130 million people voting. Yeah, okay, sure. So I, I saw the polls. I saw just the uh, <laughs> the frustration, I guess. You can almost feel it coming from the, the mainstream media as it got closer and closer to uh, the election day. Now, full disclosure, um, in 2016, you know, I, I voted libertarian. You know, I voted for uh, Gary Johnson at the time uh, because I felt he, uh, between those three, there was a fourth. Um, I believe Stiles, um, I think she was a Green Party candidate. Uh, but I felt that Gary Johnson was the better of the four. Um, but I knew that, you know, well, when you vote third party and you vote libertarian, you know, it's it's that idiocracy like, hey, you know, well... I'm not going to vote third party. Well, why not? Because, well, they're, they're not going to win. Well, what, well, why aren't they going to win? Because no one's going to vote for them. Wait, so you're not going to vote for them? <laughs> well, of course they're not going to win. You're not voting for them. <laughs> it's the cycle, you know, that two paradigm cycle we kind of got pulled into um, or two-sided paradigm where it's just you either vote Republican or you vote Democrat or you just stay home because your vote's wasted. That's kind of the, that's kind of the, the culture right now. But, um, you know, so of course I, I voted third third party. I voted Libertarian. He didn't win. You know, Trump won, and I, I didn't really feel one way or another about it. It was just indifference, which you know I feel that way about a lot of stuff, especially when it comes to politics, especially now. Um, but even back then, I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and just thought, oh, okay, well, we'll see what we'll see what this guy does. And um, listening to uh, just his posture, his mannerisms, even on the campaign trail, the way he carried himself. I just thought, wow, you know, th this is a little different, not that different, because, you know, I, I think of like Lyndon B. Johnson and the way he carried himself and the stories that were told about him um, and his uh, bit of arrogance and ignorance behind the scenes. Um, uh, he was a bit of a polarizing figure. But sure. So, I, you know, I. I see what, you know, what, what is he going to do? So, you know, we roll into 2017 and we had the uh, Consolidated Appropriations Act. And this was in February uh, 2017, uh, so right off the bat. So, you know, what this was, was it uh, helped provide, um, I think it was an additional $250 million worth of funding to HBCUs, historically black colleges, universities. And... Yeah, there's a part of me that feels the concept of HBCUs. They're kind of obsolete. You know, sure, in the, you know, in the 19th century, yeah, relevant. Um, now, there's no, there's, no, there's no barriers really stopping anyone from getting into any college other than just themselves. <laughs> what they score on their, their ACT, SAT, you know, what, what funds they're able to put together, that sort of thing. Of course, it helps to be born into a rich family, yes, but... Um, there, there's no like legal barriers like stopping you if you do the work and you have the grades. So eh, in uh, the HBCUs, you know, from what I've heard and what I've seen uh, performance wise, they perform well, um, but they're having some issues in the admissions department as far as keeping their numbers up. But hey, it was still a nice gesture and to see a president make that push right off the bat. You know, hey, great. 
you know, and then watching in uh, 2018, you know, we the big thing was the prison reform bill. Uh, this was in December 2018. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, and, and then we just keep, you know, we watched the, uh, you know, opportunity zones and all this additional, this, all this capital and all this investment capital going into uh, low income communities. And, you know, and, hey, that's fantastic. You know, and then, uh, you know, unemployment uh, amongst blacks and Hispanics and with blacks, it was, well, the lowest it's, it's ever been, at least in recorded history, which, hey, all right, I like what this guy's doing now. Now, of course, keep in mind that the along the way, <laughs> we had the, the the mainstream media, we had you know the celebrities, we had all the, a lot of the same shenanigans we're, we're seeing now. Only it was dialed up to like nine thousand from uh, twenty seventeen all the way up through twenty twenty, you know, where it was just you know everything was racial, everything was racist because well, that's that's the easy play. I mean, you're when you're trying to stifle someone who's a uh, white conservative, straight white conservative, then you just play that card, uh, which is why I, I don't think we'll ever see a uh, um, black Republican in that seat as president, because what do you do then? What card can you possibly play? <laughs> I mean, maybe you could play the, the, the misogyny, sexist card, maybe, but it's a little harder to play against, uh, against a minority, another minority. So, yeah, just seeing all that going on and I, I just looked and even though I didn't vote for him in 2016, I just wondered, I'm like, what, why is there this this hardcore push? You know, I, and I step back and I, and I look at our media and, of course, with the, you know, the growth of social media at that time, even looking on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, you know, all that stuff. And this constant just boom, 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 you know, hate, hate, hate. And I saw where this was going, and I knew going into the 2020 um, election, it was going to be a huge circus. I mean, most of them are, you know, pretty much circus anyway. Uh, but this one I, I could feel was going to be special <laughs> because people were being primed to be emotionally activated and easily, uh, I guess, malleable or able to be manipulated with just, you know, certain words, certain phrases, certain figures. I mean, it was just, and well... We we saw what went down in 2020, um, but <clears throat> he still he still carried himself kind of the same way, and it it you know it worked against him. I mean he he treated it as though it was just you know a, just another day in the office. Like 2020, hey, I'll just do the same thing, the same stuff I did in you know 2015, 2016. You know I'm, they'll underestimate me again. I'll get reelected. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> the, the the temperature, everything was cranked up incredibly high and there was a lot of tension, a lot of racial tension. And they didn't, you know, the media, they didn't waste any time and those special interests, they didn't waste any time. We had um, those who can recall um, the incident with Ahmaud Arbery. And I believe this was in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, and this was in February, you know, African-American, you know, black going for a jog. All the uh, the details behind it are incredibly odd. You know, they, okay, you're jogging with work boots on. You're just wandering through some home that's under construction, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, of course, the way those neighbors responded, it was insane. Um, it was only going to end one way. Uh, but, of course, the media just, they were just drowning us in 
all the details well not all the relevant details but just the details and just to keep spinning it keep it on that 24-hour loop and it just didn't get the traction they needed uh and and the whole time uh, our president was still just business as usual you know he would make a statement here or there he still was focused there were still executive orders kind of getting kicked out all that kind of stuff he was still doing his job still focused on his re-election campaign um then we had the George Floyd incident where it was really driven home. I mean, we had that incident recorded in HD 4K Ultra from, you know, 15 different angles, 38 different, you know, camera phones and all that kind of stuff. And the media kept that on a, on a spin, on a cycle, and, and they kept pushing that, you know, and they would have experts come on to talk about the incident like we really needed that. And they kept it on on the on the loop, and that did the trick and pushed people over the edge. And you had people running around like crazy and tearing down statues, Confederate statues, like that really means anything. And yeah, whatever. But it, it turned into just this emotional activation where it was just about feeling good and feeling empowered, and you know, not really doing good or you know, actually uh, igniting positive change. But it was just about joining the mob and joining the crowd, which we all saw. From our TVs, for the most part, but the but he still the president still, you know, kind of carried kind of carried things along and, and and approached the reelection campaign in the same way, and he still would come out and say a few things, and you know, and and I mostly liked you know what he had to say. Um, I didn't agree with everything that he did and everything that he said, but I still felt, hey, you know what, you know, even though. You know, I've I've lost faith in the political system, and I can see that we're essentially living in a totalitarian, you know, where we have these small special interests, small group of individuals and organizations and corporations kind of controlling everything. And every once in a great while, the we, the people, the the one, the 99 percent, I'm sorry, the 330 million, you know, we get what we want <clears throat> occasionally, of course, if it aligns with. Uh, what what the special interests want, which happens every once in a great while. But I thought, hey, <clears throat> I think I think I'll vote for this person. So I started to dig even more. I looked at some of the some of the things that he's done in in the past. I just walked it forward from walked it from 2015 all the way up through 20 uh, 2020, and then uh, of course it was narrowed down to <laughs> him or Joe Biden. And just watching, uh, just listening to Joe Biden speak or attempt to speak and and his handlers and and watching them, watching him not really commit to, to anything. And, you know, just a lot of the usual, you know, a lot of the pandering and the, you know, uh, our, our poor black and brown citizens and. You know, it seemed like every time he would go to say something, he would have to throw something in there about uh, women being oppressed or blacks being oppressed or um, police brutality or or uh, remnants of slavery or Jim Crow, um, even though he sold <laughs> that he's from that era. <laughs> and even though he had a hand in that that insane crime bill that that he worked with, you know, during the uh, the Clinton era, that locked up a whole lot of black and brown people, and then he selected running mate that 
she played her part in incarcerating thousands of black and brown people. Um, and, and the fact that he even made statements that alluded to the fact that she was pretty much just a affirmative action selection where it was just, Hey, you know, I, I'm old, you know, I'm a little off and I, and I just don't have the enthusiasm. So I need, I need someone black or brown to kind of help boost me. You know, the fact that he was even pretty just straightforward about that whenever he would, he was asked just say, hey, what, you know, why this individual? And, uh, he would state why, and it would always start with her gender. The fact that, you know, she, well, she's, she's a woman of color. And then it would always go, it would go in that order. And then maybe would mention some things from her past, you know, don't want to mention too much. Cause then, you know, that would actually hurt him. Um, but watching all that, I just knew like, yeah, if I'm going to vote, yeah, I'm going to vote for either. Well, Joe Jorgensen was libertarian. She, she was the third party candidate uh, for the 2020 election. And she had a great bio, well-educated. Um, she had a lot of great ideas. I listened. She was on a couple different podcasts, um, but I slipped into that mode. I slipped into that like, oh, third party candidates, you know, they don't win. And you know, uh, libertarian. Yeah, she seems great. You know, it'd be great to see her in the, in the big seat, you know, but I, you know, I, I can't, I can't, you know, my vote would be wasted, you know? And so I slipped into that mindset, which is just awful, but it, it happens to the best of us. And, you know, I even had my nice little MAGA hat, the black one, which I, I still wear because I like the slogan, even though it was ripped from, uh, Ronald Reagan, you know, make America great again. And, uh, which I think it's a, it's a slogan that transcends, well, both of them <clears throat> and it's still relevant. So I like it. It's a nice hat. So I wear it. And so there I was, I, I went out and voted. I had that on. I wore my, my MAGA hat. I had my, uh, socialism distancing, uh, shirt on, which I, which I also like to jog into that. And of course I got some looks, that kind of stuff. And, you know, and because I'm, I'm black and, and because, you know, so many people see blacks as, you know, we're like this hive mind, you know, we all have to vote Democrat and, and sleep, eat and think Democrat, you know, and then they see that and they, they see me coming up and it's like, okay, well, we know who this guy's voting for. So a couple of, you know, people just kind of, you know, nodded their head or just looked away or scoffed a little bit um, as I went to go vote. But hey, I wore my little, Hey, I was right there. I was proud, ready to vote. Boom. And yeah, so I voted for the guy and, you know, I want every president to be successful really because, well, it affects us all. I mean, who gets on a plane and has a disagreement with the pilot and then just hopes the pilot fails. <laughs> like, no, we, if the pilot's successful, then we all get to our destination safe and sound. We're all successful. We all win. So, of course, that's what I want, even with this current president, even though I think the whole thing is is a complete train wreck. Um, but sure, I, I would like for him to be successful uh, because we all win. So that's just some of my just some of the background on, on why I supported uh, President Donald J. Trump. And, you know, it's something that I don't regret every once in a while. Someone will bring it up in conversation and. Um, they'll bring it up as if it's some secret or something, you know, some old picture of me wearing my MAGA hat or, 
me making st- like some old statement I made and, and I still stand by all those statements. No, it's, you know, hashtag no regrets. It's just, hey, that's this is who I voted for. Here's why, you know. And yes, I, if I went back in time and I had to do it all over again, I would probably do it the exact same way. <laughs> so just to, to answer, and I know I said I was going to try and not be long winded, but um, hey, I just wanted to just spell it out and lay it out there so that 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 is my answer to that question on why i supported our last president and still would if he was still the president (laughs) so that's those are my thoughts please feel free to uh to check this out give me some feedback um feel free to to uh, hit me up with a uh, with a message either through the anchor app um, or with a review through Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. All right, Snell Nation out.